AthensAthens.com and the Athens Banner Herald. This is the Georgia Bulldogs podcast. Bulldogs Extra. Now, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome into the Bulldogs Extra podcast from online Athens. Andy Athens Banner Herald. Busy week here around Athens as signing day just wrapped up. Uh, one day ago, in fact, this is a Thursday uh, afternoon here in downtown Athens. And the Bulldogs, once again, score big. We'll bring in recruiting expert, I guess we'll call him, Jeremy Johnson of the Athens Better Hero and Online Athens here in a little bit. And a lot has gone on this week, Mark Weiser, joining me, Ryan Dennis, here in our studio. You know, Vanderbilt backs out again. Recruiting, uh, you know, is, is hot and heavy throughout the week, signing day. You kind of forget George even played last weekend. Yeah, I was thinking about that as I drove to the uh, palatial Athens Bannerhold offices in downtown, uh, which as I look out, I see the beautiful Classic Center right there. Yep. Um, that, yeah, I guess the game would probably be, we'll talk about that like on the back end of the show because it seems like it was so long ago. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you were th- I was thinking about it earlier about uh, JT Daniel. I mean, will we see this guy again? I mean, I guess he's got a bowl game. Is he coming back next year? Can he go to the NFL? I mean, obviously we know he can go there. Will he? I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of balls up in here right now. You got, you got your NFL sources. I hadn't heard official from anybody, but uh, the rumors are swirling. Uh, I do know this, the uh, UGA Football Nutrition Twitter account uh, put out a photo this morning of, um, I don't know if it was I guess it was this morning, it was yesterday, I suppose, did they put, uh, was it like maybe holiday cookies, Christmas cookies they're making or something, I don't know, I didn't exactly catch it, but Tyson Campbell was there, and I did see one JT Daniel, so he's not left town yet, I think he will be, uh, he's probably enjoying it, it's a good life, being the, the uh, star quarterback for the Georgia Bulldogs, and uh, look, he's he has three games on tape since September of 2019. Uh, even if he has a whole game now, mm-hmm. he's necessarily well, going to get the NFL stock as high as he will if he comes back and keeps doing this next year. Exactly. Well, you're coming off a major knee injury, and apparently, from what we understand, it took him until over halfway through the season to to get it fully, you know, where they believe that he could, you know, produce, uh, be productive with it. The Bulldogs just had a number three-ranked recruiting class, and yet you're starting with negativities for the fans. They they don't want to hear that. They want to hear about why you think, uh, you know, Jonathan Jefferson is going to be a stud defensive lineman. Well, that's why we're going to bring Jeremy Johnson in in a little bit to, to discuss that further. But getting to JT Daniels, I don't know if I'm a uh, if I'm a pro team that I would take uh, take that sort of risk on a guy. But hey, you know who uh, you know who I went out to yesterday? Since you want to keep it positive and all, to see sign a uh, letter of intent to play for the Bulldogs. That'd be Brock Vandergriff, the um, who could be the quarterback next year. That's where I was going with all that until you kind of until uh, you kind of you know poo pooed it. Well. You've seen Brock Vandergriff a lot more than I have, obviously, because you cover preps uh, on Friday nights. Correct. Um, and are you saying right now if Brock Vandergriff rolled on the practice field with uh, Stetson Bennett, Carson Beck, that Georgia would say, uh, you know, you're the guy? Probably you know? not. You know, it, it takes me back to, you know, Matthew Stafford, right? Uh, and, you know, he was probably about the same ranked coming in uh, with a very much up-in-the-air quarterback room you know you had joe t3 kind of leading things i don't think 
I've never thought as high as Matthew Stafford was in terms of the rating. I mean, you're talking about a what seventh to thirteenth. I mean, uh, you know, app, I mean that's. I think he was about sixth, uh, from what I recall. But I mean, what's the difference between that and thirteenth, honestly? All right, he was sixth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, Vandergriff's the number. Uh, I guess he's technically number two. Uh, well, they call that scrambling quarterback or whatever. You, yeah, there you go. And I mean, he's number thirteen in the country. To me, that's. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Oh, back in the archives, guys. Here are the five guys rated ahead of. Uh, hey, hey, hey! The the kid from Arkansas, the quarterback, Mustaine, Mitch Mustaine. Oh. Mitch Mustaine is. Uh, I don't even know if he's number nine. <laughs> All right, Beanie Wells right behind. Matthew Stafford. All right, here we go. Let's go up. Oh, we're, we're going back in the archives here. Five uh, from Florida State, Myron Roll. Isn't he a doctor now? Is he the one that got the Rhodes Scholar and all that? Yeah, that's impressive. All right, uh, Texas uh, inside linebacker, Sergio Kendall. Uh, Southern Cal wide receiver, Vidal Hazleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't he a Georgia commit? I'm pretty sure he was a Georgia commit and then flipped, yeah. <laughs> oh, I can. Talking about 14 years ago. I got it in the brain, baby. Number two, Percy Harvin. I've heard of that guy. Yeah, no. Alabama offensive lineman Andre Smith. He was number one? Number one. Mm. Yeah, he, he probably went on, you know, obviously the linemen don't right. get as much acclaim. Why don't you fill for like a minute? I'm about to tweet out that Ryan Dennis says probably Would you – see, you cut me off. I was getting to what I was saying was that everybody thought that Matthew Stafford would come in right away as a freshman and, and, and star. But, you know, you had a Joe Tarasinski III who kind of started, and then, you know, you had uh, Blake Barnes and you had Joe Cox, of course, that had to save the day after Stafford started. So – Obviously, a true freshman, even with the high praise that uh, Brock Vandergriff has, probably would not come in and start right away. Well, I do think things are different now than they were 14 years ago. That I think that you know, um, you know, probably a team would be more apt to go with a guy earlier, knowing that guy apt to transfer so easily. Well, that too. Yeah, Matthew was three now too. But um, well, well, yeah, but I mean, nowadays, obviously. Uh, as, as as Georgia learned with Justin Fields, that you have to make people happy even early. All right, let's let's do some real, some initial impressions of uh, this recruiting class, and then we'll bring Jeremy in. Uh, and let, let's also talk about. You want to do that? Well, hold on a second. I'm getting a Ryan Dennis. Uh, hand thing what's going on what's going on you have a technical difficulty over there maybe did you did you forget to hit the record button <laughs> no we're, we're recording we're recording all right you might just be off in the distance there for a few minutes oh nobody could hear me at all oh we could hear you we could hear you go ahead all right let's redo it all <laughs> keep going keep wait going. wait was were you talking like a, like a like a hole in the wall what happened <laughs> i don't know i don't know there was a button that needed to be pressed oh god we're good go ahead go ahead hi i'm mark weiser <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I, everybody can hear you better now. Go ahead. I don't even remember. Okay, so let's. Uh, yeah, we we've said there's no. Let's let's do recruiting, and then uh, we'll we'll do that in a minute. First, let's just make mention of the fact that uh, you know you're going to spend your championship Saturday not watching Georgia Vanderbilt. That game is not happening. Um, I think you kind of didn't you just call out Vanderbilt for saying they basically uh, pulled the plug themselves and um, they didn't want to be here. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I didn't say that, but it does seem that uh, that was the the uh, you know what were they down to 40 players or something like that yeah. and then they just kind of sent them all home and uh for the holidays before the announcement was made so uh i do get the sense that they did not want to come here and play that game at all so you know in the in the time of convenient excuses uh already built in i think they took that road yes 
yeah, so there weren't that many options for Georgia after uh, Vandy uh, pulled the plug, if you want to say that. Um, you know, Georgia Tech uh, would have been one, but they're the ones that, that couldn't play against Miami. Um, you know, you could look around. I mean, Colorado, Colorado State were, were teams uh, that were linked to Georgia. Now, Colorado had an interesting circumstance where uh, they have to be on the standby, on the ready to go to California, I guess it is. Is that where the Pac-12 game is played? I think it is. Uh, in case uh, Oregon or um, Southern Cal have their own COVID issue and can't play, they don't want to get stuck without a Pac-12 title game. So, um, you know, that that's kind of part of their deal is that I think they're practicing and then, you know, going to be ready. Uh, for a possible game, but you know, obviously, since we're speaking now on Thursday, that's probably not likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know New Mexico was contacted by Georgia, and they, they weren't interested. Um, Miami, did, Miami could have played, but didn't want to. I guess. Yeah. Uh, who the Colorado I? State rumor was out there. Yeah, well, the, I saw their athletic director, uh, Joe Parker. I think is his name. Maybe he spoke at a uh, media availability and kind of walked around. Didn't really answer why they didn't come closer to Georgia in terms of playing that game. So I know Troy was thrown out there, but you firsthand heard from the coach that that wasn't happening. Yeah, that they weren't – they didn't – yeah, no no Troy. No Georgia game, no senior day this year. Yeah, uh, I got to thinking about that. Do you think they'll do what, – what can they do to honor them? I mean, do you have a – do you have a – I mean, you can't really have a scrimmage game or anything because nobody wants to get hurt in that. And just, I, I don't know, have families there for that. I, I don't know. I guess you just can't do anything, can you? We'll see. This just announced yesterday. I mean, maybe they will make it. I mean, they, they talk a lot about how the bowl game is to send off the seniors the right way and that kind of thing. Uh, but, yeah. You know, we'll see. Uh, one other piece of news, um, you know, Jermaine Johnson, the outside linebacker, is uh, going to be moving on elsewhere. Um, you know, didn't record a tackle in the last game against Missouri. Uh, very deep position for Georgia. And um, Well, you know, I took one nugget from what his father told you. What's that? Was that it seemed like he said that they had a rotation for no reason. Well, you know, I mean, I think family members would like to see a guy playing more. Um, and... You know, Jermaine is, is obviously draft eligible. He was draft eligible, I guess, last year even. Uh, he, you're not seeing him show up on, on any, you know, top uh, of lists for the, for the top prospects. Right. So, uh, you know, you'll see Aziz there, but you won't see Jermaine. And uh, it, Jermaine has been productive when he's been on the field in terms of racking up numbers. I think he's something like second or third in the team in, in sacks, maybe mm-hmm. tackles for losses. So, I guess uh, so. yeah. he'll move on, but you know what? He won't be the last one, and there'll be guys coming here as well. This is the nature of uh, the transfer portal and uh, players having the ability to, to be mobile and uh, cut and run if they want. It's their life, you know, and, uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of Georgia fans would like to see a guy like that stick it out uh, and come back. I mean, I didn't even know it was an, uh, he was going to be one of the 23 seniors honored on senior day, mm-hmm. but um, instead of trying to, you know, get drafted on the third day probably he's going to go try to raise his stock and go somewhere else yeah and i guess we'll see where that is and uh in the next few weeks or maybe a couple months and uh we'll keep up with that but why don't we bring on jeremy johnson here after this break and we can break down uh wednesday's recruiting a little bit more sounds like a plan can you you hear me this time (laughs) this is the bulldogs extra podcast from the online athens and athens benner herald we'll be back right after this (laughs) 
All right, coming on the show now is the Athens Banner Herald's uh, recruiting guru, Jeremy Johnson. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? Good. We are. Uh, I didn't get as much sleep as I would like after a long signing day. Um, but hey, Jeremy, let's start with uh, the main uh, kind of uh, high-profile guy in this class guy by the name of Brock Vandegrift, who uh, you know pretty well, I would imagine, from covering preps in this area. Um, what is your thoughts uh, before uh, this segment? Ryan Dennis was saying that uh, he's the next Matthew Stafford. Don't take that out of context. <laughs> out of context. No. Uh, what's your thoughts on, on uh, knowing that JT Daniels uh, may have another year at Georgia? Um you know, how does he fit in to this quarterback room with Carson Beck, with uh, Stetson Bennett, and uh, you know what? Uh, what will Brock bring to the table? And is he the man or a young man to lead this program to a national championship uh, or get in the playoff if uh, Daniels doesn't do it before him? Well, he's a he's a very he's a very good football player and. Uh, I believe Kirby alluded to it a little bit yesterday. How how physical he is at the position. You know, it's very rare that you find a guy that plays a position like a linebacker, and that's kind of how he plays the position. He doesn't really get as much credit for it as you know you think. You know, just watching his tape, but um, he's a strong guy in the weight room. So you know, he's gonna have, he's gonna bring that mentality to the quarterback position. It's something that Georgia hadn't really had in the last couple of years. You know, no disrespect to Jake Fromm, but. Um, I do think that it's a great situation with JT Daniels being there and kind of, you know, giving him a bridge option. You know, when we spoke a couple of weeks ago, you know, that wasn't really there. It was, you know, Stetson Bennett was kind of running the team and, you know, we didn't really know what JT Daniels was. Um, I, you know, you obviously hear the things where people are saying that JT may move on to the NFL, but I don't think that's going to happen. And, if that's the case, and he's going to be the guy next year, and I, I don't think there should be any reason why he wouldn't be other than injury. But you know, I'll say that you know Vandergriff is definitely going to be a guy that's going to come in and compete. He's not going to just accept that he's going to be the second or third guy. And you know, I think that's that's all, that's only going to be good for him and the program in the long run to you know, have that experience of competing and trying to win the position and thinking of himself as a starter. And um, if anything happens to JT Daniels, they'll have Georgia will have a viable guy that can come in and and play and they can win with. And he won't just be a, a babysitter of the offense. He can make plays with his feet. He has a strong arm, and he's athletic, and he has a good attitude, and he's a leader. So you know that'll be that'll be an interesting uh, dynamic next year. You sure. mentioned you mentioned Brock in the uh, in the uh, weight room, and I thought it was interesting on Wednesday when his dad was talking about how uh, he was kind of uh, sc- scolded, I guess, as, as a kid for for uh, you know teasing his younger sisters, and uh, that led to him going to the weight room. I think in the seventh grade with his dad, kind of as a punishment, and then it turned into. I guess a beast they weren't really expecting over the years, and uh, you know now he's he's power cleaning 350 pounds or whatever it is. But uh, obviously it it's uh, it's something that has been kind of in his blood <laughs> for years to uh, to to be that competitive guy you were you were mentioning. I, I wanted to ask you about uh, you know Bulldogs got a big commit yesterday from Xavier Sorry down at IMG Academy. They already had uh, another five star linebacker in Smile Mondin who you went out to his. Um, 
to his signing or his commitment, I guess, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, when you bring out two, you know, you bring in two five-star linebackers like that, what what does that say for the job that Kirby can do to recruit, uh, you know, defensive talent and, and guys that just want to come play for, for his defense and I, and I guess Dan Lanning's defense too. But, you know, that's two stud linebackers right there that can, you know, probably be in the middle of Georgia's defense when they have to replace a guy like Monty Rice uh, next year. Yeah, it just says that, you know, Kirby, Kirby Smart and that staff knows, knows what they're doing on the defensive side of the football. Um, and, you know, guys like Munden and, and Son Sori, you know, they, you know, they want to go play. So, you know, they're not coming here to sit on the bench. So the fact that they're willing to come here and maybe not take that role as the main guys right away, you know, obviously George will have Channing Tindall next year and Quay Walker still and, um, N'Kobe Dean. And there, there, there will be a rotation, and there will be healthy competition. But I don't expect Sori and Mondon to be main guys right away. So I mean, that just just showing that they that they can win these battles against teams that have a need at the linebacker position, and have these guys coming in here knowing that hey, you're going to sit for a while and learn, but they're willing to do that because they seem to understand that you know whatever's going over going on going on over at UGA with the defensive side of football is going to get them prepared for. You know, playing at a high level and then also maybe playing at the next level. Kirby said that uh, they, Georgia signed the bare minimum number of offensive linemen. There's four in this class, and I think they had seven last year. Uh, what's your impressions of how these guys fit in, uh, you know, knowing that you have um, guys like uh, Trey Hill that could be, uh, you know, moving on as well as Jamari Sawyer. Obviously, uh, anyone that's, you know, a starter for Georgia and is draft eligible is is probably going to be, you know, in that uh, possibility. Um, What's your thoughts on on these guys? Uh, You talk about, uh, you know, Amarius Mims, Micah Morris, Dylan Fairchild, and uh, Jared Wilson, who uh, was, was mentioned as a guy that they really wanted as well. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely competition. You know, that class last year was pretty impressive in its own right. And I know they mentioned there were seven of those guys. So, you know, you add this class with that class and, you know, you're going to have competition. So that's, I think that's what they really wanted out of this. And, you know, that they didn't really need to go out and grab a bunch of guys, but the guys they got are really high quality guys that, you know, you give them some time in the weight room and some time to learn your offense. You mean you're talking about all SEC caliber type players, and especially with Demarius Mims, who was the the top tackle in the class from the state of Georgia. So, you know, he may be a guy that may need to sit a year or so because of you know playing the competition level that he played. I know he's you know he's six seven, three hundred and fifteen pounds. There's there's nobody like him. He's playing on Friday night, so. You know, he, he may need a, a little bit of time, and he'll have that with Broderick Jones and, and Tate Rattlers from last year and, you know, the guys that have been out there this year. Um, but, you know, looking at a guy like Dylan Fairchild, you know, and Ben Cleveland situation and Trey Hill, and, you know, he's an inferior guy, and he's athletic enough that, you know, he may be a guy that can come in and play right away. And he's going to be hard to keep off the field because he's really good. And Michael Morris as well with that size and Jared Wilson. Like, those guys are going to be – in the running to push some of these older guys that are on the roster. That's, I think that's going to be the biggest thing out of it, out of this class especially. 
One of the cool things to watch throughout this uh, recruiting season was uh, Brock Vandergriff's kind of recruitment of Amarius Mims. I, you know, they, they formed a good uh, friendship. I think I did a story back in August about how uh, Brock took him out to get some pizza, <laughs> you know, to, I guess, uh, kind of recruit him, uh, you know, even harder. And, you know, they formed a, a really good bond. What did you see out of that whole thing through either Twitter or whatever about how Brock was able to lure what seemed like the guy he wanted to be his, you know, long-term left tackle to the Bulldogs. I think it speaks to how good he thinks Amarius Mims is because that's going to be the guy that's going to have to keep him upright in the next <laughs> couple of years. And yeah, that's going to be an investment in his future is if Amarius Mims can have success, then, you know, maybe Brock Vandergriff will have success. But I think it was cool to see, you know, guy, two guys from completely different backgrounds that, you know, have connected and, you know, formed a friendship. And they've kind of been, the, you know, at the forefront of kind of pushing ahead with this class. And, you know, every couple of years you get that special group of guys that is kind of like carrying the torch. You know, obviously we talked last time we talked, we talked about Richard LeCount that kind of had that, torch carrying moment with you know going out and recruiting people he was in a bunch of different guys um videos and jake Fromm was as well you know i kind of get that same vibe from you know mims and vandegris relationship all right so georgia lost a uh, guy that was on their commitment list for a while from lackawanna college to uh deon sanders and jackson state but they did sign uh, several defensive backs. We want to get your impressions since uh, Georgia could lose a Tyson Campbell and Eric Stokes. We know they're losing Richard LeCount. Uh, talking about Javon Bullard, uh, Bullard, as I do this alphabetically, David Daniel, Nylon Green, and Kamari Lassiter. W- what's your thoughts on, on these guys and how they kind of uh, you know plug in and, and help with depth, I, sh- I assume? Yeah, um, it, it, all of those guys have a different are a similar set of skills, but they all are playmakers. And I've noticed that, you know, over the last couple of years, it's kind of been the, the focus with the recruiting classes as far as, at the, especially at the defensive back position. You know, they're all fast and they're all, they're not all big, but they're all really fast and they all really get their hands on the football a lot. And Nylon Green probably is the one that stands out to me the most just because of his size, his length, and he, like I said, he's a, he's another ball-hawking type player. He can play over the top at safety some. He can play that hybrid uh, star position if he needs to. He could play outside and, and travel with the best the other team's best receiver. He won't he won't be overmatched by anyone as far as size or speed. So um, just and you know you, you you copy and paste that skill set to all all of the guys in this class. You know they Bullard and um, Lassiter and. Um, I'm blanking on those. David Daniel. They're all not as big as they're not as big as Green, but they all have that speed element that you know Kirby Smart and, and his coaching staff really like with uh, their corners and their secondary and their safeties. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I have Tyson Campbell and um, and Eric Stokes. Both of those, both of those guys were track stars in high school. So Keely Ringo was as well. So you know, that's that's going to be a staple of the secondary for the next few years. They're going to have a lot of speed. And you know, I, I, if you know Stokes and and Campbell both go pro, you know a lot of these guys are going to see the field next year, and uh, you know I don't think there'll be a whole lot of drop off. You know, one thing I think we get lost uh, in this early recruiting, uh, you know, day or early signing day is that it is an early signing day, and there's <laughs> another one to come in in February. Is there anything out there that Georgia can still land or, or has uh, you know on its uh, 
on its radar that they might want to uh, still pull their way? Do you do you have anybody uh, you could think of? Well, that Corey Freeman is, I think he's a top rated top rated player in the class, and he's an edge guy, uh, edge defender. Um, I don't really, I don't believe he's going to end up at Georgia, but that's a name that you really want to watch because they really didn't sign anyone at that position in this class. And, you know, they're going to have a need very soon at that position. And it's, that could be a big get or a big miss out on for and a big miss in, um, you know, in my opinion, just, you know, with the way their team is trending in the next couple of years. Um, and, you know, there's going to be a couple guys that with PWOs that, you know, maybe not, you may not hear from, um, you know, as far as in the starting lineup, but there's going to be some football players that they pick up over the next couple of weeks in the PWO market that will help them on the special teams front and, you know, in practice. I don't think that, that value, the value of that is, hasn't been, you know, as well known as it should be. And I think that's going to be a big part in building a team over the next few years, especially with this crop of players Absolutely, you mentioned Keely Ringo. Uh, obviously, from last year's recruit, that'd be like a that'd be like a, a fresh recruit for Georgia next year, since they, you know, kind of uh, he, he was injured this whole year. So that's kind of a name that might have been forgotten, but he certainly was a uh, stud in last year's class, and will uh, will certainly be a factor next year. Absolutely, and you know, it, but he's he's a fresh recruit, but then he's also had a year on campus. You know, yeah. he's and he's a guy that moved from Arizona here, so he. He has to. He had to go through a culture change, and then, you know, now he's been in the weight room a year. He's been, you know, learning the defense and getting to know the team. And you know, he, he's a guy that's gonna probably be the breakout star on the defense. You know, just looking early, just looking and projecting into the future, near future, whether Campbell and Stokes come back or not. I think he's just as good or as talented as either of those guys. And he would be, he would have been pushing for playing time had he been healthy anyway. So. You know, that's going to be an interesting dynamic with that secondary group, depending on what happens with early enroll, early enrollees and early entries into the NFL draft. Yeah, number four uh, recruit overall in last year's class. Mark, what you got? Uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he has to edit that. I thought he was ending the segment. He just throws uh, me a, a, throws it back to me, and I thought we were done. Yeah, it's all good. Uh, well, I do want to thank uh, Jeremy. Even though signing day is over, he's out on the road. That's why we gave him a call today. So um, thanks for uh, thanks for picking up the phone. Even though I know you're still busy out there uh, talking to talking to kids. So we we appreciate you joining us, and uh, I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. Thanks, Jeremy. Absolutely. Everybody get a break and, and a little deep breath before we get back going at this thing. <laughs> Absolutely. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well. All right, again, thank you to Jeremy for joining us from the road. Getting back to Georgia and Missouri. Uh, you know, Missouri hopped into the rankings last week at 25. Uh, we talked a lot about the cold weather, how it would affect Georgia, and maybe a little bit at the start, but they really turned it on near the end and uh, really put it on them. Yeah, I mean, after the uh, drive at the end of the second half, uh, you know, it was all Georgia's domination. And look, that's a Missouri team that, that has been playing very well down the stretch, uh, you know, granted against teams that are not Georgia's level. Uh, you know, when you're talking about Vanderbilt, you're talking about South Carolina, someone else they had, they had in that mix. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Georgia's 
it, w- one advantage Georgia's had is that they haven't had players kind of fall by the wayside due to COVID and, and COVID protocol and, and quarantines and, and these other teams' rosters are, are really, uh, you know, a lot thinner mm. and, and Georgia's talent level is just way too much. And, and uh, you know, the big takeaway uh, is just what JT Daniels has meant to this offense and uh, the connection with, with George Pickens and the running game, uh, having explosive plays that we're missing. I mean, it seems like every game now you're getting a, a running back running for a long touchdown like Zamir did this one. Um, you know, James Cook's really finding his niche mm-hmm. in this offense and in, in the passing game and the running game. Um, so... Uh, you know, very impressive showing, and that's you know a reason why you wanted to have Georgia roll out there against uh, again against Vanderbilt, just because this team has so much momentum. And but the one thing is, there's a very short window now. Um, you know, the bowl game is only two weeks away, um, January first, and you know, are we starting to that? Well, or December thirtieth, yeah, or yeah. is it January second? I, I don't know right, the date. Right. Likely January first against uh, you know. Maybe. Are they going back to New Orleans? No, New Orleans is a semifinal this year. Peach Bowl, Peach Bowl. Yeah. Right, right, right. And Cincinnati would probably be the team if they beat Tulsa this weekend. Um, you know, the other, I mean, the Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, Fiesta Bowl are, are all still in the mix. Uh, but, but you know, it seems like the, uh, the, the most likely option would be the Peach Bowl. Now, Georgia's going to uh, find out Sunday uh, afternoon what their destination is, and then I understand they're going to be practicing Monday and Tuesday, uh, getting in some bowl practices before they let the players uh, go home for the, the Christmas holiday. Uh, and then, you know, return to campus, I'm presuming, uh, the 26th, um, and then gear up for the bowl game. So we'll see. I don't expect any media uh, early next week. It'll be uh, the week after in terms of availability and interviews and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I, I do think the seniors uh, not being able to have a bowl game or not a bowl game, a, a uh, last home game will, would provide some motivation to, to send them out the right way. Uh, always worth watching now in this bowl season. You know, you have teams opting out now during COVID. Uh, mm. Many teams, Virginia Tech, uh, had the longest bowl streak, and now uh, Georgia has that. Uh, oh, yeah. So. And how about LSU really, uh, really, you know, valiant, uh, valiantly uh, backing out of their bowl bid that they might not have gotten? Well, Ron, I guess they would have after meeting Florida. Ron, what's the dumbest thing you ever did playing uh, sports growing up? Did you ever I didn't fr- throw did, a shoe. Did you ever do anything like that? Uh, I've done some dumb things, but I, <laughs> I did not throw a shoe. Yeah, that was one of the crazier things ever. Did you ever get a flag or a technical or anything? Yeah, I got a few of those. Um, I think I dropped a dirty word one time, and it wasn't directed at the ref, but he heard it. And was was that just? Uh, did you get ejected from the game? No, no, just uh, gave the other team two free throws. <laughs> Cost us the game. <laughs> no, nah, I, I don't know. I know. Uh, I know that's been weighing heavily on your kind of uh, psyche over the years. If mm-hmm. we want, we can maybe try to find that that referee, and it, you can do a, a little meditation. Or no, a little, why don't you do a, a podcast apology uh, <laughs> where, where we bring him on? And uh, yeah, that sounds good. Hey, you know something I've I've been thinking about is we've watched Alabama. I mean, nobody, absolutely nobody is standing in the way of the Crimson Tide. As we look back, obviously Georgia with a Stetson Bennett at quarterback gave them the best game they've had all year, uh, the Crimson Tide. So with JT Daniels, a healthy defense, would Georgia have a chance this weekend in the SEC championship game if they were to face Alabama? Yeah, I think so. 
I, I mean, what was the score in the third quarter of that game? Yeah, Georgia led, led 24-21. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You can't play the ifs and buts thing because, you know. Um, We'd all have a Merry Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So let's uh, let's make some picks. Before we do that, though, and uh, on the SEC slate, including that Florida-Alabama game, we should make mention that your your Georgia Bulldogs are now 5-0 and on the season with Cincinnati coming to town. This is basketball. 8 p.m. Uh, kick. No, that was a tip <laughs> from Stegman. Georgia didn't play great against Sanford in their last game out on uh, Saturday night, but they found a way to win. I think they only led for about a minute and a half or something of that game. Um, Jackson Etter with a layup in the final minute on a uh, feed. I remember I told you before the season he'd have a big impact. You did? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> didn't think he'd see the floor, but hey, good for him. Uh, Tumani Kamara was not playing in that game. That Cincinnati lost last night to South Florida. They'll come to town with a 2-3 and three record, but they have a much stronger strength of schedule. I don't know if they're going to be favored in that game against Georgia. Maybe they will be. Um, so we'll see how that thing uh, shakes out. Um, and then I think Georgia might have one more non-conference game before SEC play begins against Mississippi State. Georgia women also unbeaten. I saw they, the programs combined to put out some kind of tweet the other day about how they were, I think it's 10-0 combined maybe. Mm-hmm. Although they play tonight, I think the women do. So maybe by the time you listen to this, uh, they'll be six and zero or five and one. Uh, probably six and zero, aren't they? Who they playing? Yep, exactly. You don't know who they're playing. Nope, I do not know. That's Sorry, unbe- that's unbelievable. All right, hey, let's make our picks. Let's do it. Um, let's see what we got here. All right, I'm pulling this up here on the old computer. Uh, there are with the Vandy game out of the way. There are four. SEC games. You can watch three SEC games prior to the championship game, which is 8 p.m., mm-hmm. as well as watching. Now, you're going to watch SEC. Like, would you be watching, um, let's say, Missouri, Mississippi State, or would you be watching some other championship game? For yeah, it, well, when's the ACC one? Uh, ACC, I believe, might be at four ish. I'm not sure. Oh, I'd watch that. Over but I'm not sure about the time. I, I, um, I could be wrong about that. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things where. Uh yeah, I'll probably flip back and forth to an SEC game, but if 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 Notre Dame um, Clemson is on, I'll probably watch that. Even though I think this is going to be a Clemson blowout, but we're not going to be on that game. Missouri favored by two at Mississippi State. Um, I saw that uh, Mike Leach's signing class didn't excite the masses uh, in Starkville. Mm. I will take Mississippi State though to win this wing. I think Missouri, as you saw in the second half last week, they, they might have, might be gassed out now. They got to go to Starkville. Mm-hmm. Stark Vegas always a tough place to play in mid December. Mm-hmm. Really, I, don't, I just made that up, but um, I don't think they play many games in mid December. But I'm taking your Mississippi State Bulldogs. What's the line again? I'm sorry, I was looking up the 4 p.m. Missouri uh, is favored st- by two. Time. Missouri favored by two. Now give me Missouri. I, I think uh, I think what we saw last week was a couple things. That George is really good. Missouri is, uh, you know, they hung in there for a half. But uh, I think that Mississippi State's just a, a mess right now. So give me uh, Missouri. Texas A&M is favored by 14 points at Tennessee. Vols coming off a, a win over Vanderbilt. Uh, I'm taking the Aggies to cover and uh, try to put on as many points as possible so they can okay. <laughs> they can jump into the 14 playoff. Yeah, yeah. Not going to happen, I don't think. But, uh yeah, I think Texas A and M is. Uh, I think they're legit. I don't think Tennessee's uh, they're a mess. So, what is the in the per- percent chance for Texas A and M in the twenty five percent range or something? Well, yeah, but I'm thinking. I mean, Texas A and M's getting in over Florida, so come on. Well, I'm thinking if Clemson wins and Notre Dame loses, they're gonna keep Notre Dame in, right? Who are you taking? A one loss Texas A and M team or a two loss Florida championship of the SEC? Uh, A and M. What if they beat Tennessee like 14-13? Oh, you're saying if Florida beats Alabama? Yeah. Um, yeah, that would be a tough call. 
All right. Uh, you have two more games in the conference. Uh, Ole Miss is going to LSU. The uh, Tigers favored by one and a half. Local hero Max Johnson yeah. uh, is uh, your starting quarterback for LSU. I am taking the Lane Kiffins. I think LSU coming off the win over Florida will have a little bit of a hangover. Doesn't that seem like the perfect, yeah, the and, perfect uh, setup there? Give me some Rebels. I was I was thinking along the same line as you are, and, and I'm pulling for our, our guy Max out of Oconee County High School. But uh, yeah, this seems like the perfect setup for a huge letdown, and I think uh, yeah, give me Ole Miss. All right, Alabama favored by 17 points at Mercedes-Benz Stadium against the Florida Gators. Florida is going to have back Kyle Pitts, superstar tight end. It's a matchup of Heisman Trophy candidate quarterbacks or or frontrunners, as well as Devontae Smith, who actually might end up winning the whole thing. He's been incredible. Although he didn't have many catches last week. He did have a punt return touchdown. I'm going to take the Tide, and I'm going to take them giving the 17 um, I think Alabama, nobody has really slowed them down, and their defense has obviously gotten much, much better uh, than they were early in the season. I say roll tide. They've been they've been rolling everybody. And Alabama, even if they lose, they're going to the playoffs. So. And then, don't we say that every year? We say that every year. Like, it doesn't well, matter they, what Alabama they, does in the SEC championship. Now, they did get in one year where they probably didn't deserve to and still won the national championship, right? Is that the year they beat Georgia? Uh, might have been, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, like you said, I think Alabama's been rolling everybody so big. As, but 17 seems too high. So you're taking the Gators? I, I think I might take the Gators. I can see it being a 32 to, what, 20 game, mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, give me the Gators. All right. By uh, Saturday night, late, Christian Robinson could be an SEC champion uh, as Ooh. the linebackers coach for your Gators. <laughs> the the former Georgia yeah. Um Linebacker, linebacker mm-hmm. who also won like we used to do a media award for like best interviews and most engaging guy and he won it one year actually yeah, do, we name, do, do we name the award after him i can't remember i don't know that mm-hmm. might have been before my time but he was a, a very good guy and a good interview all right you know what i think the podcast will be off next week because it's a uh, holiday time vacation time mm-hmm. uh so we'll be back i imagine the week after to talk bowl uh prep and uh the big game around new year's whenever that might fall so everyone have a great uh merry christmas and uh, happy holidays happy hanukkah or whatever else you celebrate Absolutely. and uh enjoy your uh, weekend and uh no uh no no georgia game sadly but uh, uh georgia cincinnati will be on at uh, eight though there you go all right see you everyone bye